Yo, what's up? Welcome back to the Motocross Training Podcast. Joel Youngkins here and bringing you another episode of training information to help you become a much more elite racer. And we're just moving right along with all this. Episode 5 already and I'm going to bring I'm bringing to you an, a topic that's very close to my heart and um, a very important topic today. It's going to be a lot of information, a lot of general general information that you're going to need to break down and apply to your own career. So the topic today is training volume. So what is training volume? Well, basically it is the total amount of work being performed each workout, week, month or year and you must account for everything physical that you're doing to conclude your total volume and again that's you know each day week month year this is the total amount of work Um, so this would be things like racing riding your conditioning your strength training your recovery work and your travel all these things create different stress stress responses to the body and you have to account for how much you're actually doing of each of them and the total amount all right if not um, if you're just going in recklessly just doing as much as possible with every aspect that you know we're about to talk about you know a lot of you know more is not better and a lot of the time performance can suffer and this is where injuries start to creep in this is where chronic fatigue happens and your overall performance is just going to drop significantly. So I want to talk about three aspects of training volume today for you. Um, You have to understand that this is a very broad topic when it comes to just saying training volume. We could talk about training volume for days, okay? Um, But, you know, the three that I'm going to talk about today, they're not really, the I wouldn't say, the most important aspects, but this is is going to be a great starting point for you. You know, just give you some stuff to kind of chew on when it comes to training volume. And I kind of want to just get the wheels spinning in your head so that as you move forward with your training and preparation, you can kind of account for these things. So this topic, I think, is really important because honestly, and I can't really speak for sure because I only work with my racers. But, you know, I try to kind of watch and piece a picture in my head of what's going on throughout the industry. And just from listening to racers, seeing clips, things like that, talking to people, um, you know, I really believe that most racers and even a lot of elite racers, people that you know, um, that you look up to that are really fast, I think do a terrible job at managing this majority of the time. Um, I think there's a lot of racers that believe the more is better approach and, you know, I I think if we actually could cut back on a lot of volume that racers are doing, um, performance is going to be better. And I think people would be in a much better spot. It's kind of like when we talked about the last episode, the winning is fun. If you can actually pull back on some of the volume you're doing and actually just kind of like pinpoint and be a little more precise with your training. um, One, you're just not going to be as run down and two, your performance is actually going to go up and you're going to just totally lower the risks down of injury chronic fatigue, getting sick, all the things that we don't want to have happen. And, uh, you know, the goal is to have you showing up on race day, fresh, ready to go, not run down because your training just sucks throughout the whole week because you've done so much. And now it's race day. And it's like, you're trying to recover from your training. 
So the training is actually doing a reverse job of what you think's going on. But the first aspect of training that I want to talk about today is that uh, volume indicates what improves the most. So the more you do one thing, the better you can improve at it. So for example, if you feel like you need to build strength, but all you're doing is riding your bike or road biking and only strength training like really hard one day a week, you're not going to improve much on your strength levels. All right. So you have volume indicates, you know, the total work is a bigger impact compared to just like one really hard day. Um, intensity doesn't intensity is like an after effect of volume. So volume is going to determine what's actually being improved first. You know, it's kind of like if you're a basketball player and you want to improve your free throws, but all you do is layups, you know, your free throws probably aren't going to improve very much. Another example in, you know, the racing world would be, you know, if you just worked out in the gym, but you never rode your bike, then you're going to get your fitness levels are going to really improve, but you're not going to become a better rider on your bike just because your fitness level is improved. Okay. I talked about that before. I'm talking about it now and I'm going to keep talking about it, but you know, it's just, those are two different skill sets and you're trying to combine those skill sets as the ultimate goal so that your riding abilities and your physical abilities help each other. And I know this kind of just all sounds simple. Like, well, yeah, of course, like if I don't ride, I'm not going to get good. But I really believe that like a lot of athletes and coaches really neglect this concept a lot of the time. Um, you know, I see this in a lot of other sports and I'm not just picking on racing, but this happens so much through like high school athletics and college athletics. They just, I see so much work being done in certain areas and like the really important things get neglected, um, you know, for, for just various reasons. Um, so really the goal in this is you, you really got to search for that happy medium and you have to also understand like which priorities are important. And this actually changes, you know, from the time of the year, you know, the time, like, you know, of your competitive season and, you know, certain goals that you have for yourself. So that's always like an influx. Like you have to have these conversations of like, where am I in the year? Um, what season's coming up? Am I in season? What are my goals? Like what? what are the top priorities at this given time? And they're going to change throughout the year and your career as well. Um, you know, and like, you just don't want to be like, when it comes down to this is, you know, you don't want to be the athlete that's trying to use a screwdriver to fix a part on your bike that requires a 10 millimeter socket. Okay. It's the wrong tool for the wrong job. You know, for example, I hear people saying they're doing yoga to make them stronger but like yoga is not great for making somebody strong. You're going to get like a little bit stronger, but not very strong from it. And like, if you're riding your bike slow, do you think that's going to help your speed on the track? Probably not. But you know, most people say they want to do one thing, but they end up just kind of doing things that they like and not really what they need to do. So make sure that volume is really indicating like what, what is it that is your main priority and what you're trying to focus on first. All right. Moving right along here to number two, this is the second aspect I want to talk about in regards to training volume, is that the second one is going to be, you should only have three hard days per week. So what would be considered a hard day? Um, I would consider them, you know, when you're practicing, this would be like your sprint work, your motos, things that are really like taxing, like when you're done, like, you know, you feel it. Um, heavy weightlifting, 
or heavy strength training would be um, another consideration for a hard day. Um, interval conditioning workouts would also be considered a hard day. And usually from these types of sessions or these types of things, it's going to take you almost 48 hours to recover from just a hard day or one of these elements in these hard days. So you can place all of these on one day or you can just consider like I want to do, you know, a heavy amount of motos on one day and then follow that up with a heavy day of lifting the next day. You're going to want to kind of organize that so that you're having 48 hours between these. So I like to almost, you know, you can kind of break it down. I call them actually high intensity days versus low intensity days. You can call them hard days, easy days, whatever. The name is kind of irrelevant, but I place all I like to place all the high stressors. So the sprints, lifting, conditioning all on one day, or at least understand that they like they stress the body about the same. And then the hardest day of the week is going to be if you race. So um, races equal hard days. You have to account for that. And that, like I said, that's the hardest day you should have of the week because of one, just a stress response of competing and you were just giving it a hundred percent on race day. There's nothing, there should really be nothing submaximal about race day or competition in general. So this is going to be the most stressful day and it should be. Um, and on these days from race day, it could take up to 72 hours or even more depending on the type of race, the athlete, and where you're at in your career to fully recover. So that's even more than just your hard days during the week. Um, so you have to account for it. Um, you know, depending, like I said, it could be even less, but it could be 72 hours or more technically. And what you have to understand, what you also have to consider is, you know, you have three days a week that are going to be considered hard. You want to kind of map those out and how you want to spend that energy properly. But there are seven days a week. There are four other days to still get other work in, you know, that could just be considered easier sessions, lighter sessions. Um, I call them low intensity days. So what, like, what do those sessions look like or what could they consist of? That would be like technical type riding. So you're not doing sprint work or motos. You could be working on starts, turns, breaking down the track, um, you know, doing rock sections if you're a wood, woods guy, working on hills, ruts, whatever. Um, you know, that's kind of more up to you to determine on what that technical work would be. Um, it could also be play riding, just something where you're fun, just out with your buddies riding around. Um, I just wouldn't make that session very long. If you are play riding, I would keep it to like 20 to 30 minutes of that time. Um, low intense intensity cardio would be great for this. Um, my guys, they do do some road biking and I, I place the road biking on these low intensity sessions. So like the days are not with me at the gym. So if it's like a Monday, um, and they've just raced Saturday, you know, I'll actually count for Monday. Let it not be a low intensity day. And is if they're out on the road bike, just doing some recovery work, you know, that's great. So that when they come to the gym on Tuesday, they're fresh, ready to go. And you know, they've had enough time to actually put a hard day in. Ab work could be another consideration for low intensity accessory movements. So like bodybuilding style of movements, if you know, if you want to work on any machines, dumbbells, things like that, you know, these aren't actually that stressful. It may feel stressful to the muscle, but just because your muscles, like if you're 
to say, for example, I don't recommend really bicep training for motocross racers, but let's say you just did a bunch of bicep curls, you know, you could do that for a whole hour straight and your biceps are going to feel it, but it's not very stressful on the body. Like your biceps could be sore, but you know, who really cares about if your muscles are sore the next day, it just, it's more determining on how your overall system feels like, you know, after, after you race, how your whole body just feels wiped out the next day. That would be, you know, a stress response from your overall system being fatigued, not your biceps being fatigued. This kind of two different levels of fatigue that you have to consider. That's basically what we're talking about here on your hard and easy days. Um, Mobility, stretching could also be on these days, massage work. So you want to kind of plan out what three days are going to be hard. Um, And then you also have four other days. If you want to get working, you can as well, just depending on your schedule and where you're at in your career. Um, And, you know, you're allowed to count for an off day as well. A complete off day um, can go a long way for a lot of people. And the third aspect of training volume I want to touch on today is only perform enough work per session or day to create a minimal stress response. So what you want to focus on, and, and this is where I see so many athletes, not just racers, screw this up, but, you know, focus on making very small steps of progress each week. So you want to start off with low doses. More is not better. If there's one thing I want you to take away from this episode today is that more does not always mean better. It, more is only better if you're like doing nothing. Okay. So low doses work. And you want to start off, um, you know, like whatever you think you're doing, just kind of like, if you're doing a lot of work, start pulling back. But if you start a training, you know, progress, start like the very minimal of workload that you think you can do. Like you want to be almost fresh throughout your first session and start from there. But if you overdo your volume, meaning like you don't, you don't respect this minimal stress response and you keep doing this over time and you keep placing chronic stress on your body, what's going to happen is you're just going to eventually just start wasting time in your training. You know, for example, like if you're riding, have you ever rode for a lot on a certain day and you felt like the first hour or so you rode really good, but you kept riding and then you basically kind of felt yourself kind of go on autopilot. Like you just weren't really like mentally with it. You were just kind of going through the motions. Um, that's not very productive. So when you're talking about increasing performance, you know, going through the motions never is, man, you're going to have such a hard time trying to increase performance in that aspect. And this means you're past your threshold of what you can handle for that day and you need to shut it down. Uh, We don't want to see you getting hurt as well by being past the threshold and your performance is dropping, but your heart's telling you that you should, you know, keep pushing more for the weekend. Um, What else is going to happen is you're just going to make yourself tired. So you're just going to grind it out through the week. Like, you know, using the word grinding out, that's cool and all like it makes it sound cool. But if you're truly just grinding your week, you know, you're going to show up on race day tired. It's just your body doesn't care if it's race day or not. Like biology is going to win and it's going to need to recover. And while your body's trying to recover, you're going to go tell it to race. And you can't figure out why you feel so good on Tuesday when you go to ride because you gave yourself maybe a couple days off after the race. But on Sunday or Saturday or Sunday, you know, you just can't shift up a gear in your own body and ride the way you know how to. Um, 
If you overdo volume, you're also going to increase the rate and potential of injuries or illness. We don't want that. Um, so most racers and athletes, really, they believe, like, if they don't think they're performing to their potential on the race day, that they just need to do more. So this is common. This isn't, again, I'm not, this isn't even just racers that I'm talking about. This is, happens in so many sports. But this also happens heavily in racing, and I I just know this goes on. I've had to like talk my guys off of the edge as well. But if you're already doing a lot, the solution usually is not more. It's usually you need to have a better plan or you need to be better with your recovery. It's one of those two things. Um, again, if you're running yourself in, you know, if you're working hard and you're just grinding it out all week and you're just you're not hitting your performance, just it's time to wise up, not work harder. Um, that may sound weird coming from a physical pre- uh, preparation coach, but you know that's part of my reality is managing stress. And my job is to make sure that my guys show up on race day, that they're ready to go. They're not run down because I wanted to be the cool coach, you know, flexing my hard workouts on my my racers. I want them ready to go on race day. That's all that really matters. Um, so I kind of wanted to wrap this episode up with like, I sort of want to challenge you as a racer right now. Okay. So if you're someone that, you know, you just kind of go, you're a person that just shows up, you know, on the weekends to race and you do very minimum during the work. I just want to encourage you to, (coughs) excuse me. I just want to encourage you to find your biggest weakness. Like, what do you think that is? Whether it could be riding or physical. And I want you to just start working on that just a little bit, two days a week. And with that, if you decide to bring up your weakness, just whatever that is, I guarantee you, your performance is going to improve when you go to race. On the flip side, if you're someone who's training really hard during the week, and this is going to be tough. This is kind of like a drink the Kool-Aid type moment. But I'm telling you, if you're someone during the week and you and you're training hard every day and you're just trying to push, 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 I'm gonna challenge you to actually pull back your volume. And I actually want to just help like I want you to see what happens to your physical performance, not just how you feel during the week training, but how you actually feel on race day. So I know this might be a lot to take in. You know, I'm kind of telling you the opposite of what everybody else probably tells you. Um, But maybe this is really what you need to hear if you're someone who's just trying to grind it out. When you have a bad race, you think to do more and more and more to whereas, you know, a lot of times a lot of people just do better if they just dial things back a little bit. And when you dial things back, you can actually train much more effectively and actually harder as well because you're fresh and you can go into a session and actually train to your potential Instead of training all the time and riding around 75% because you're just tired from the day before. So I just wanted to recap this episode real quick before we move on. Volume indicates what you improve most on. So make sure your priorities are straight as far as what you need to improve on during your training sessions. Number two, limit your hard days to three days a week. Make sure that you're counting if you're racing that racing is a hard day and it's actually the hardest of days. On your other days, you can do lighter type um, activities 
like technique riding, low intensity cardio, ab work, massage work, and so on. Number three, only perform enough work per session to create a minimal stress response. More is not better. Start off with what you can handle at first and just slowly add to that. Don't try to set the world on fire on week one. And if you're doing a lot, try pulling back a little bit and see how you're going to feel. So that wraps up this uh, episode here of training volume. Um, if you're enjoying the episode so far, you're listening to this on iTunes, you know, if you could, you know, give me a rating, review, subscribe, you know, definitely help this um, podcast out a lot. Same on Spotify. Again, if you're enjoying this too, share it with a friend or somebody that would also find value in this. And, you know, by doing that, that's just going to keep motivating me to keep bringing you more content and better content as we go along this journey. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward We're to the future of this podcast. We're on episode five and we got a lot of great responses so far from people listening to this. And, um, yeah, I'm excited for the episodes and I'm excited for you as an athlete that you know, you can take this information and start applying it right away and at least just help make some mental shifts in your progression and progressions and preparation to become a better racer. So we'll talk soon. Um, we'll see you here on episode six here in about a week or so. So talk soon and yeah, keep riding, train smart and, you know, count for training volume. All right, later.